Will you just look at that and tell me if my head is out of the top? Glory to God. Am I all right? All right. Hallelujah. Um, man, Connie, Tony, thank you guys so much for putting on this conference. Thank all the, the ladies from Because of Jesus Ministries. Brad and Gwen, you guys, man, are awesome. All of you are awesome. This place is awesome. This conference is awesome. Thank you so much to the speakers, to everybody that puts all this stuff together. You guys rock. Um, do me a favor. Um, I'm going to trip on this cord and fall. And so when, when, I, do, when I do that, make, make me feel better about myself and just laugh. Okay? Don't, don't, don't say, oh. Just laugh, right? That'll, that'll help me bounce right back up, right? And, and, and pretend like it didn't happen. I saw a guy once on an escalator at an airport, a tall escalator, fall down the escalator. And uh, he hopped back. Just laugh. Please laugh. It'll, it'll, help, it'll help me get over this injury. Just laugh. Um, glory to God. Um, my testimony or my... I, yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I could already see myself doing it, I mean, it's a struggle for me just to have the microphone in my hand, I'll, I'll end up whopping one of you guys in the head. Man. O- only in grace will they give me a different microphone. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Why couldn't we brought that mic out? Oh, yeah, we got a cordless And really, I don't even need the microphone. I'm going to try and tone it down for you guys because I can be loud. There was five kids in my family, so if you didn't talk loud, no one heard you. Um, and we were all loud, so it was a problem. Um, but my journey in grace, I, I realized I didn't know my own life. I didn't know how to discern my own life, and it took God to come and discern my life for me to even understand my life alone and my life with Him. And uh, what a, a wonderful journey into the depths of God's grace that... Um, it's been, honestly, all of it. What, what a wonderful journey. You can wade out into the deep water and you, you're not going to drown, right? And so you can just keep wading out into it. And that's one of the things I found out. You can just keep wading out into it. Um, and you can just be saturated with the grace of God. You can just be saturated with it. I like to call it walking with God in the cool of the day. That's what I like to call it. No more sweating from the brow trying to clothe myself with life. No more sweating from the brow trying to clothe myself with peace and love and joy. And see, I realized most of my life that's what I was actually trying to clothe myself with. I was trying to be decorated in the fruit of God's life. Because we all agree the fruit of God's life is good. It's good to feel peace. It's good to feel love. It's good to feel joy. And the moment we don't feel it, I'm telling you what, our heart tells us something's wrong. Something is wrong. Right? 
And so no more sweating from the brow trying to satisfy myself because really the only thing that could satisfy me was the very life of God himself, right? And I love the, the conference and, and what everybody's saying um, in the conference. I first came into a revelation of grace back in 1994. Um, in the beginning, uh, I primarily saw grace as God's no longer judging me for my sin. I, I read verses in, in Romans 8 that said, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. And there was a lot of relief in that. I mean, I felt very happy that God's no longer holding my sin against me or holding my sin over my head. I felt very happy that God was no longer judging me for my works. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I thought, oh, hallelujah. <laughs> it wasn't too long after that, though, that I found, that I found out that, that that relief was not unto the grace I saw in the Lord Jesus' life or in the life of the apostles, right? That relief never turned into the kind of grace that I saw there. And so relief was nice, but it never turned into the kind of grace I saw manifesting in Jesus' life. I still struggled to believe I was righteous, not knowing why I still felt condemned, not knowing what was going on there. That happened to me all the time. And I lamented with the Lord all the time about that. I knew I was God's son, but I was all the time, every time I encountered uh, lack or the fruit of death in my life, I was still all the time struggling to experience the love of God. Every time I encountered lack or the fruit of death, I still felt separated from the love of God. I knew God loved me in my head. I mean, we all know that when we come into the grace of God. But I wasn't experiencing the stability in my life that I saw Paul talking about when he prayed that I'd be rooted and grounded in the love of God. And I said, this is not that. I don't see no rooting. I see some shaking, right? And then one day I heard God say to me, have you considered the resurrection, Greg? Sometimes you're like, is God as smart as you think? I'm like, bro, have I considered the resurrection? I mean, I didn't know what to make of that. I didn't know what he meant by that. I mean, yeah, I'm a believer. I believe Jesus was raised from the dead. I mean, at this point, I'd already been preaching. I got a church. I'm out of Bible college. What you mean? Have I considered the resurrection? <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. This guy, he's the smartest one in the universe. He is, though. He is. And then I started seeing verses, like the ones in 1 Corinthians 15 that says, the sting of death is sin. That's a profound verse. Go read that verse. And start thinking about it with God. And I saw verses in Hebrews 2 that said the devil had the power of death. The devil was the one that had the power of death over us. And it says that we were all our days in bondage through the fear of death. It comes and tells us it all right there. And so I started to see that it was the devil who had the power of death. It was the devil who was holding my sin over my head. It was never God. I'm so sorry to tell you that. It was never God that was holding our sin against us. And so I started to see that God was never the one condemning me. It was never, listen, if you think God's the one condemning you, you're going to have a real problem getting to the proper prescription for that condemnation illness you got. Because if you misdiagnose where the condemnation's coming from and what's producing it, you ain't going to take the right medicine. You're just not going to do it. And so I started to see God was never the one condemning me. 
That it was always the serpent working condemnation in my heart and in my members by pointing at the lack and the death in the world and in my life. I saw Paul talking in Romans 8 about the body of death. I saw Paul talking about his body that was clothed in the fruit of death working condemnation in him. That's why he says, O wretched men that I am, who shall save me from this body of death? He's talking about what was working condemnation in him. Who shall save me from this body that's dying, that's all the time bearing the fruit of death, and what that death is telling me, who's going to save me from that? I started to see that it wasn't God that was there condemning Paul. It was sin that was condemning Paul through the death that it was manifesting in his life. It's death that brings forth condemnation in the hearts of people. It's death that tries to blaspheme the name of God in the earth. It's the corruption and the tribulation and the death and the lack, all the fruit of death that we see in this world that tries to darken our understanding about us and about God. That's why you see so many atheists pointing to the tribulation in the world as a sign God doesn't exist. Why do you think it talks about our understanding being darkened? What is it darkened with? Death. Mm. I began to see the devices of the serpent. I began to see how he uses the death in the world to accuse me. And not just accuse me, accuse God to me. I began to see that every time I would encounter tribulation and the fruit of death or anything that was inconsistent with the life of God and having peace and love and joy, I began to see that old serpent, the dragon, standing there, pointing at the death in my life, uncovering my nakedness, telling me that I was separated from what did I need to have life, telling me that God wasn't there with me, telling me I was a lamb without a shepherd being led away to the slaughter, telling me that I was an orphan without someone taking thought to care for my life. Asking me, where's your God now? You see, God come and discern my life for me through the person of Jesus. See, because I was in the middle of my life, and when you're in the middle of your darkness, you don't understand your life. you got to step outside of it to understand it. And so what he did was, he showed me my life in the face of Jesus, and I could see it when I was on the outside. Where's your God now? Sound familiar? That's what he said to Jesus, isn't it? Why do you think you hear that voice? Where's your God now? I knew there was no darkness in God. I knew there was no death in God. I knew there's only light and life in God. We all know that. That's why the atheists say there's no God. They also know if there could be a God, it would have to only be light and life. Well, how come there's death and darkness in this earth then? And so I knew there's only light and life in God. And then I would look at myself, I would look at my life, and I would see myself wrapped in death and darkness. Well, if I'm wrapped in death and darkness and there's only light and life in him, it must mean he ain't here. I'm telling you the conclusions of the carnal mind. It must mean he's not here. It must mean I'm separated from what I need to have life. It must mean he's seen me in my nakedness and he's ashamed of me. It must mean that he's seen me wrapped in death and darkness and he said in his heart, he's not mine. And he's left me in my blood. I mean, if I can't see myself in his face, and I don't think I look like God, because when we're filled with death, we don't think we look like God. And if I feel that way about myself, then certainly he must not be able to think he sees himself in my face. I promise you, God sees himself in your face. That's why he came. 
And he's trying to help you see yourself in his face. And the way he's doing that is by coming and giving you his life. The greatest characteristic of a son or a daughter of God is to possess the life of the Father. That's the greatest attribute of a son and a daughter of God is to possess the life of the Father. It's the presence of eternal life that persuades our hearts of sonship. And it's the presence of death that works against us walking in sonship. If you look at Jesus, the serpent used what? The death of the cross to try to persuade him he wasn't the son of God. That's what he used. He pointed as the death, as the evidence. Where's your God now? Look at the death you're wrapped in. How can you say God's with you? Where is he? How can you be the son of God? Once I saw the devices of the serpent clearly, and I saw how he was working condemnation in me, and I saw how he was using the fear of death to produce his fruit in me, and then to accuse me and accuse God to me through that fruit, I began to understand why God said, have you considered the resurrection, Greg? (laughs) Now, relief, you're like, what relief? I'm experiencing the fullness of joy. I saw Paul saying in Romans 8 that God condemned sin in the flesh of Jesus. That God did what the law couldn't do. Through Christ, God did what the law couldn't do. I all, when, I, when I saw that God condemned sin in the flesh of Jesus, I always thought that meant God condemned Jesus instead of condemning me. But Paul's talking about the resurrection there. I promise you the law prescribed the death for all sinners. It showed everybody that they were standing in condemnation already. And so when Paul talked about God condemning sin in the flesh, he's talking about the resurrection. What is it that the law can't do? The law cannot abolish death. The law cannot purge death from your bodies. The law cannot purge death from this earth. The law cannot condemn the death that's condemning you. The law cannot rebuke the devourer. Well, God showed up in Christ, right in the place where the accuser was pointing at the death in mankind telling us we were without the good shepherd, telling us that we were lambs being led away to the slaughter, telling us that we were orphans left to care for our lives. God showed up right in that place. And do you know what God did? He condemned the death that was condemning us by raising Jesus from the dead, free from sin, never to be able to die again. Right where the serpent was telling us, where's your God now? Here comes God. Bam, and he manifests himself right in our midst. And he shows us we were never orphans. He shows us he was never the one working condemnation in us. We were standing in condemnation already. This stuff is in the Bible, man. Go read John. So God shows up right in the place where we thought we were orphans. And he condemns death in the body of Jesus' resurrection. Well, when I saw that, that began taking an axe to the root of the condemnation I was struggling with. I'm telling you, it's death that tells you God ain't there, because we all know in God is light and life. If death's there, then where's God? All of a sudden, God taking an axe to that root of condemnation. All of a sudden, Paul's words, what can, nothing can separate me from the love of God, were no longer just words. It was born inside of me. Nothing was ever able to separate me from the love of God ever again. I never felt separated from the love of God ever again. Yeah. 
That didn't mean I never felt pressed in on by the death. But now when I felt pressed in on, I saw God. All of a sudden, I had eyes to see God present with me everywhere, especially when I was in the midst of tribulation, especially when I was surrounded by lack, especially when I was surrounded by death. I saw God there. All of a sudden, I had, I had eyes to see God with me in all things, preparing a table of life for me. God and his incorruptible life became lifted up and exalted in my heart instead of the death I saw all around me. Isn't that what the psalmist says? You prepare a table for me? Yea, though I walk through a valley shadowed, darkened with death, that death is not lifted up in my heart because I have eyes to see you with me, O Lord. Death tries to blind you to the presence of God. I no longer struggled to believe, experience, to believe that I was righteous anymore. I no longer struggled to, to experience the love of God. I felt the Father's loving embrace in all things. I saw Paul saying in Romans 8, nothing can separate me from the love of God. How can peril, how can famine, how can shipwreck, how can life, how can death, how can any of those things ever condemn me again? How can any of those things ever point at my life and tell me God's not there anymore? How can any of those things ever separate me from the love of God anymore? Because I see God showed up in Christ and condemned the death that was condemning me. How can the serpent ever come and uncover my nakedness ever again? How can he ever come and point at the death in my life and tell me that it means I'm an orphan when I see that God drew near to me and he swaddled me with his life? Hallelujah. It says that God found us in our blood. You know, babies are born in blood. And the blood God found us in was death. And the serpent was pointing to the blood we were in. And he was telling us it's a sign that God isn't our father. It's a sign that God isn't claiming us. It's a sign that God doesn't want anything to do with us. That he's abandoned us. And then God showed up in Christ and swaddled us. Just like they swaddled the baby. Except God swaddled us with his life. Though your sin was as red as crimson. Though your sin was manifesting death in you. Right? God has made it as white as snow by swaddling you in the light of his life. And when he showed up in Christ to swaddle us in the light of his life, that was him claiming you. That was him claiming me. And how can the devil ever again point to my life, point at the corruption, point at the things that look like they're lacking, point at the death around me and convince me, I'm separated from what I need to have life. He can't because I see God drew near to me and braided himself together with me and divorced me from the death that's in the world by the body of Jesus' death and resurrection. Hallelujah. I'm no longer a dust man. I'm no longer busy with the life that's but dust, that's subject to corruption, but the life I'm busy with is of a heavenly substance. It can't be corrupted. Hallelujah. That's my life in grace. Thank you guys so much. Thank you.